This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping business owners maximize the success of their business through risk management tools and resources. It's like having a great offensive line for your business, just thwarting off risks and things that could potentially cost your bottom line. Find out how Federated can help your business by going to federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. I had no problem with, with quick releases from guys. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Join the Minnesota Vikings, Frederick Spiel and Mike Zimmer. Great job. Justin Jefferson and Jeff Gladney in the first round. Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU, Gladney, cornerback, TCU. I love the two fourth-round picks. James Lynch, defensive lineman, Baylor, and Troy Dye, linebacker, Oregon. Man, you add Justin Jefferson to the mix. Unlike, and I'm sorry, Packers fans, you know you needed a wide receiver. Well, they lost Stephon Diggs, and they went out and got a new Stephon Diggs for their offense, and that's what Justin Jefferson can do. But it didn't stop there. Jeff Gladney, to me, was the third best corner in this draft. Um, while he is only five foot ten, a little over five ten, he does have the ability to uh, make a tremendous amount of plays on the football. I haven't found a negative thing said about the Vikings draft in 72 hours. Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North and the Score North app. And you can always subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or the aforementioned Score North app. And gentlemen, let's start the show. We're going to get into the last dance. We're going to get into all kinds of things recapping the draft that was this past weekend. And bonus action movie rewind tomorrow on the show because we didn't give you that on Friday last week. So we're going to have a, a double dose this week. But what is with, with all the positive reviews about the Vikings draft? And I think the worst letter grade I've seen is like a B plus. Otherwise, like yeah. everyone who did letter grades is A, 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 A minus, B plus. What is your favorite thing about the Vikings draft from uh, any of the 15 picks, anything, anywhere you want to go with this? Your favorite thing about the Vikings draft this last weekend? Getting fifteen picks, right? I mean, Man. is that is that not Rick Judd being just Rick? stole my answer? Getting Judd 15, just stole my answer. It's in the in the modern era seven round draft. It's the record, and so Collar and I been eyeing that for ten years. Right? Collar and I were doing the draft show late Friday, right? And Courtney joins us, and it, it's shortly before the Vikings are set to take their last pick in the third round. And Courtney and Collar both like. He's going to trade. I'm like, I, I don't know at this point. He not only works that trade with the Saints guys, but he works it to get the rest of the Saints draft. It is the most 
Spielman of Spielman, and I'm not saying it makes it a great draft, and I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying this was, if there's ever been quintessential Rick, 15 picks, Rami Maklov is quintessential Rick Spielman. I, I half expected him, Rami, to just announce his retirement the next day and say, <laughs> my work just go out on done. top. My life's work is done. This, does- was, this was his Super Bowl victory. <laughs> Managing to pick 14 guys in one draft was his Super Bowl victory. <laughs> So what was okay aside from him just getting that many picks? What was your sorry? But just, <laughs> no, that's all right. It's incredible. Aside, what Rick Spielman did, and this is a very this is a very drafty term, football drafty term. He let the board fall to him. Football. He didn't reach. Wow. He didn't. He didn't let any any good players at a position of need pass him by. He didn't get outside himself. He didn't get outside himself. Football. When he saw a player at a position of need who was among the best in the board who might go in the next few picks, he took him. When he saw a chance to move back and get more picks and still get a player at one of those positions of need who he thought was at the top of what was left from that position group, he went and drafted him. Or or he or he traded down if he thought he could still get him. I thought it was a brilliantly executed draft by Rick Spielman. Now, will that turn into a whole bunch of good football players? Who knows? The NFL draft is a complete and total crapshoot. But he gave himself the most chances at doing it, and like I said, let the board fall to him. And that, what Rami just said there, is why it's it, it becomes less of a crapshoot if you have more bodies. And... I think there's a case to be made for using some of your draft capital to trade for a Trent Williams, and we'll dive into those reports and discussions. But like, w- was there was there an opportunity to trade up in the first round for someone and only wind up with twelve or thirteen picks in the total draft, or trade up for a player that you like in the second round uh, a little bit better than Ezra Cleveland? Like, there's all there's all sorts of things you can parse apart here. But ultimately, when you draft fifteen players. You're giving yourself the best chance that five, six, or seven of them become starting caliber guys on your team. So if the goal was let's get younger, let's retool this roster, and let's give us the best opportunity in the 2020 draft to make sure that we land like a handful or more of starting caliber players. Right. Well, having 15 picks is one way to go about that. It's kind of a math equation. And I think the difference here, too, is needs because. We've seen Spielman conduct a lot of drafts where you feel like the Vikings have, let's say, two or three needs, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, are you going to get that guy for that spot? This draft was, I don't recall the last time the Vikings went into a draft, needing this many players at different positions. So I think you had the luxury this year of accumulating picks and just basically sitting there and making them. And so, you know, first round, receiver. Awesome. That's great. Cornerbacks, take four. That's fine. Or three. Safeties, take two. Tackle, take one or two. So I think the difference, too, is our perception of what Spielman did is probably more positive based on the fact that the Vikings entered that draft with a plethora of needs as opposed to the years where it's just been like, if you get a if you get a cornerback, you're fine. Also, as Jonathan points out, the Vikings already have 12 picks in next year's draft. So wow. they could they could wind up in a two year period they could wind up drafting Rick really seven players Rick really might just retire and walk <laughs> off into the sunset guys it's I mean, twelve what, right what now amazing what it's else twelve is left right now GM to do yeah it's twelve right now let me get the breakdown here because if it. it's twelve right now he's going to have at least two if not three more compensatory picks 
It, that's part of the competitive. Oh, okay. 12 is with the competitive. The point is, the point is, in 2021, if Rick is still here, and I'm assuming he will be, he's going to try to break the 2020 Do record. It. Go for it. 16. <laughs> 31 with rookies tw- and Kirk Cousins. <laughs> with the 27th pick. Space. With their 27th pick of the 2021 draft. Uh, what did the price tag wind up being again on Trent Williams? It was a fifth and a, th- was a, fifth a, and a third. Third, third for next, next year. year. Yes, sir. Okay. So I think that price, if, if we go back a month ago and we had this discussion on this show and said, all right, what would you give up for Trent Williams? I think all of us said, I mean, a second? Like, for sure a third, mm-hmm. and then let's say a future fifth if you flip-flopped him. Okay, if it was between Ezra Cleveland, so second-round, young, hopeful tackle, rookie, mm-hmm. or trade exactly what they wound up getting, a fifth and next year's third for Trent Williams, which would you guys have done if there was a choice? And we don't know if there was a choice. That's the other part of this discussion. But uh-huh. but if there was a choice, what would like you guys you rather there. have? I make, I make the trade. I, I would have I would have done everything in my power, you know, without without going overboard. I would have done everything in my power to get Trent Williams in a Vikings uniform, guys, because I'm trying to win games in 2020. And as much as I like this draft, and I know everybody else likes this draft who who pays attention to the NFL draft, not just Vikings people. There's not one person who, who covers the NFL draft who watches the NFL. Nobody who I've talked to thinks the Vikings didn't didn't fare well over the weekend in the NFL draft. But even that being said. It's it's fool's gold or a fool's errand to think that these guys are going to come in and immediately make this a much better football team. That's just not how it works in the NFL. Rookies rarely have major impact, especially at the positions of need that the Vikings have and drafted. Offensive line, corner, wide receiver. These are positions where it's the hardest to make immediate impact when you get into the league. Trent Williams does that. Trent Williams comes in and immediately you know you're going to get a certain level of play from the guy. Yes, he didn't play at all last year. Collar, I think, said today on Score North Live, weekdays noon to two, by the way, me and a rotating cast of Score North personalities, and anytime you want on the totally free Score North app, that he hasn't played a full 16-game season since 20, did he say 2013 or 2015? Uh, tw- 2013. Either It's a long time. Okay, but you at least know when he's healthy, you're going to get a certain level of play from Trent Williams, and he makes your offensive line better. So I would have I would have gone to almost any lengths within reason to make Trent Williams a Viking if that was possible. I think they did. I think they that's abso- very well possible. I, I think too. they absolutely did. And in fact, um, according to an NFL.com report, as of Friday, they were in contract negotiations, and then. Uh, Trent or his camp said, you know what? Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. Let's see. Uh, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Vikings like me. Where do I want, want to go? And then it leaked out, and Ian Rapport reported that late Friday night. And, of course, the Williams camp and his people came back and said, oh, we never said that. Yeah. We never said that, which, of course, is probably BS. Uh, I don't think it's something clandestine. I think it probably is not. I, it's probably not money and it's probably not the compensation because I do think the Vikings would have pulled the exact same trade with Washington. I think at the age of 31 going on 32 what good old Trent decided to do and it makes sense is look at the situations and look at do you want to go to the Vikings and be reunited with Kirk Cousins who I believe you blocked for for three years who is a nice player who is a nice player not saying he's bad he's not okay or do you want to go to the Bay Area and play for Kyle Shanahan, who was your offensive coordinator in 2010 and is considered one of the brightest young offensive minds still in this game with 
uh, a competitive team, and you're going to be stepping into Joe Staley's spot, who's retiring with a team that I think right now, right or wrong, is uh, thought to be better than the Vikings. I think Trent probably said, I'll take Dorby. I buy it. I, I buy the reports, and I'm reading this from ESPN. Uh, I'll just read this, and then I'll give you my thoughts here. Washington uh, offensive tackle Trent Williams denying that he struck down a potential trade to the Vikings because he didn't want to play in Minnesota. He told ESPN Saturday, so he went on the record with this. No, that's not true, Williams said. However, sources confirmed to ESPN that the potential trade partners were informed at some point Friday that Williams did not want to play for the Vikings, as was first reported by NFL Networks. Now you have ESPN and NFL Networks saying, no, like someone from his camp did say this. And I, I, I believe it. I, I, I think Trent Williams probably doesn't want it to be out there. Like he doesn't want any bad blood, but uh, is there a chance that he played three years with Kirk Cousins and was like, you know what? I don't know. I don't hate Kirk, but right. like I, three years with Kirk was enough for me. And <laughs> if I have a chance to go play in San Francisco and all the things that Judd just mentioned. So, you know, if, if there was full buy-in and Trent Williams was all in and Trent Williams was all about Cousins and the Vikings, and they had a chance to get him for a fifth and a future third, I would say, yeah, I'd probably roll the dice on him staying healthy enough for 14 or 15 games. Uh, but there are like the fact that this guy has played in the NFL for about a decade and only twice in nine seasons has he played 16 games, that tells you something there too. So if there's like if there's any hesitation or if there's any sort of I'm not sure if I'm into this. Then don't don't then look to overpay and say, well, how about we sweeten the pot by giving you more money and giving more picks? Yeah, and I'm to I'm, Washington. I'm sure there are, there are things about Trent Williams that that we don't know that either that he's he's a he's a better a better player than maybe we think he is, or maybe he's not as good of a player as we think he is. The layman on the outside looking in, just watching NFL football. The Vikings obviously have a lot more information on Trent Williams than we do. And if some of that information makes them say he's not worth the the capital that was asked for it, or if he just, for whatever reason, said, I'm not coming here, then I'm not I'm not going to go too far out of my way or too far out outside the the reach of, of what's reasonable to get Trent Williams in a Vikings uniform. But if it if if he is anywhere close to the player that we know him to be, given his track record in the league, and if there was a way to get him here and make him happy without overpaying, I would have I would have gone re- really far to make that happen. So as it stands, they wind up with Ezra Cleveland, and if you look right now at the offensive line depth chart, they didn't really do a lot with the guard position in this draft, but is it possible that ah. either Ezra Cleveland or Riley Reef could move inside, yes. right? That's Tonight. exactly right. Um, I, I mean, think left guard is solved but, in their well, minds. If, but if, if it's Riley Reef and he moves to left guard, or either way, it's only solved for one year. Right. Unless you think Riley Reef is going to stick right. around for less money or something. Mm-hmm. But it is solved at least on paper for 2020, and then the right guard spot appears to be just an open competition once and if training camp hits at some point. So how do you guys feel about the Vikings offensive line after this draft and looking at what they have? Brian O'Neill, I think we all feel pretty good about. Right guard up in the air. Bradbury needs to get better, but he was a first-round pick. And then Ezra Cleveland and Riley Reef. Riley? I mean, it's... It's the same offensive line that they had last year until we find out what Ezra Cleveland is and if he can play at the next level or what position he's going to play. Is he going to be a tackle? Will he be a left tackle? Will he be a right tackle? And you bump Ryan O'Neal to the left side. Will you bump Riley Reef inside? We don't know exactly how this thing is going to be configured, but 
ultimately, because of what I just said a minute ago, guys, about how hard it is to come in and make an impact in your rookie year, and specifically at the offensive line position, I haven't seen an upgrade to this offensive line yet. I like Ezra Cleveland. I like the pick. Did right. not expect them to fall to them all the way at 58. But do do have you seen anything to indicate that this is a better offensive line than it was in 2019? Outside of another year of experience in the system with Gary Kubiak, et cetera, et cetera, you would expect maybe a, a, a step forward in terms of the progression of the guys that are here. But when you just look at what's on paper, are they better than they were last year? I don't. I I don't know that to be a fact. I think it's fair to say that, that um, with picks the Vikings made in this draft, that the realistic um, outlook should be that we think that they're trending in the right direction for 2021. 2020, we don't know. And if you're gonna obviously not have any camps in May and June, and show up at some point in when July, yeah. August. Uh, to, to expect this class is going to uh, get into camp and hit the ground and take off, it's folly. So that being said, though, the Vikings and Spielman in particular addressed a lot of needs that this team had to build itself up for for the future. That doesn't mean the guys can't get really valuable experience in 2020, but if we're grading this right now and being like, oh, boy, this is... No, no. And, and in fact, today... I finally figured out a grading system for drafts that makes sense. All right? Because I've been thinking, this is really stupid, because we try and grade this immediately, like, oh, they got an A+, it's great. Two grades from now on, okay? Immediate impact grade. So so if you're a good team, did you draft guys who are going to step in in 2020 and be good? That's one grade. The second grade overall, prime team, the Packers, right? The immediate impact rate of the Green Bay Packers is probably an F. And it's it's being panned all across. Right. Yes. But you know what? For all I know, they got a quarterback for 2022. Yeah. But my point is, as far as if you're a Vikings fan, we have no clue that these guys, aside from maybe Jefferson and maybe Gladney, and that might be a stretch, are going to step in in the coming season and work. But... Two years down the road, it might be fantastic. Yeah. If you're trying to figure out how much better a football team you are based on what you've drafted and developed, you're better served to go back and look at the 2018 draft and who has who's still on the roster from that, who has a chance to make a big leap forward this year. The 2019 draft and who's still on the roster from that that has a chance to make a big leap forward in terms of their progression this year. To look at 2020 and ask yourself how much they'll impact or, or try and, and, and assess how much better this football team is based on how much they'll impact the football team is it's 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 a foolish exercise to be quite honest with you the other thing that we tend to do i think with with drafts like this you look at the first and second and even sometimes third round picks and you jump to the best possible conclusion about them <laughs> no and then with the fourth fifth and all the way through you like those guys are crapshoots but like oh first second third round picks and so if you look at the Vikings the last five, ten years in drafts, you know, in 2015, in the first three rounds, you would have said, all right, Trey Waynes, Eric Kendricks, Dina Hunter, awesome. You got a starting cornerback, you fixed a need at linebacker, and you found a pass rusher over there in Daniel Hunter to go opposite Everson Griffin. Like, all of it on paper is great. And in retrospect, it was. Like, they nailed those three picks for the most part, and they nailed Stefan Diggs a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But then there's other drafts like 2013 where the Vikings had three first-round picks 
And we all sat there that night, and in your head, you're thinking like you're only thinking best case scenario because they're all first round picks. These are all guys that we've seen in mock drafts and big boards. And wow, they drafted Sharif Floyd. Man, there's a an eight year defensive tackle starter, Xavier Rhodes, lockdown cornerback. They got that one right. And Cordero Patterson, game breaking wide receiver. Like all these. <laughs> All these holes that were filled, and you, and in the moment, you give them the treatment of like what their best outcome would be, right? And and so that's that's what the Vikings kind of protected against by drafting fifteen players. Is that all right? Let's take the four guys in the first three rounds. All right, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver; Jeff Gladney, cornerback; Ezra Cleveland, tackle; and then Cameron Dantzler, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. Like ideally, you would you would have nailed all four of those, and now you've got. Two starting corners, you got a franchise left tackle, and you got a star wide receiver. But like the reality is, two of those guys are probably busts. Like that's the reality. But or will struggle for a while. Sure. But you hedged by taking right eleven other players. And out of those eleven other players from rounds four through seven, yep. there's a really good chance that like four of them become starters for you. Eventually, and sure. And that's kind of like that's the cushion that the Vikings Ro- allowed themselves by drafting that many players. But Rhodes, except that crappy Iowa quarterback, I don't know what that was all about. Your developmental QB to, to go no, with Brown. He's an Iowa quarterback. He's garbage. Okay, your hate, and I heard that this uh, meltdown on Score North Live yeah, too. He's terrible. Your hate for a guy from the Big Ten for the Hawkeyes. He might stink. It's irrational. Yeah, when I think, when it's I think completely great irrational. Area, when I think great aerial attacks, you know, I think Iowa you, football. We here at Score North right. give you hard-hitting breakdowns until it gets to teams <laughs> Phil doesn't like, and then we crap on them. Dude, Nate Stanley. All right, Nate Stanley I, played okay, three years at Iowa, okay? All right, first of all, he plays for Iowa. So Exactly. But, like, how many... How many NFL <laughs> tight ends did that guy have? Like, he threw to TJ Hawkinson. Who was the other tight end they had? Noah Fant, He's right? got accuracy problems, that dude, okay? had, that dude had NFL tight ends all over the all over the field for three years, and he couldn't complete if 60% Tanner Morgan passes, had just been taken by the Vikings, you'd be the most excited guy in the studio. That's true. You'd be like, Tanner Morgan, man, and PJ developed for him. Sure. Actually, Tanner, we're, we're going to get to a 2021 mock draft here at some point. Tanner Morgan, I wonder where... I haven't looked at any of them. Mm. But there was that one year where <laughs> Todd McShay had Mitch Leidner as the 24th to overall pick for the Cowboys. I remember it. Yeah. So... But, but I had, anyway, yeah, uh, the the Rhodes point is is this: Rhodes goes first round, two thousand thirteen, right? And we all thought, oh man, great pick, it's going to be, and it was eventually. But if if um if the kid that the Vikings took from TCU, Gladney, right, Jeff Gladney, if he struggles next year, you shouldn't be like, oh, it's a bad pick. You have no clue, right? And and in fact. I would say that the Vikings still should sign a veteran corner, at least one, to ease this kid in as slowly as possible. When you look at at this class, the expectation should be, I think, what's it going to do for the future of the Vikings? It should not be, how is it going to impact 2020? Because when we think that that way, that's how you ruin players, they lose confidence, or they just stink, and it doesn't help you. Yeah. So we've got plenty more uh, to discuss off the Vikings draft and, and more questions to answer. And also, what should the NFL take from just the overall Zoom experience of those three days? Rami was right about this. We'll dive into that as well. And the last dance, episodes three and four, were just off the charts amazing last night. You as happy as I was, guys? So we'll do that, too. Carmen Electra hasn't aged in 20 years. I got questions. Rami, Rami had a couple questions, too, that we... Throughout earlier on Scorn Live. And I got questions just here. about her, though. Let's, we'll get to them. I mean, just, five o'clock. I'm so today. confused. Mackie and Jeb with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app. 
And uh, you can listen to us in podcast form, too, on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app from the TCL Studios. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. That's right. There's more There's more where this came from, too. This is just the first one. What do we got? This is from CBSSports.com. Oh, I got one, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dueling right. mocks. Jonathan, can you uh, can you hit it for us? <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Hold on. Jonathan, can you hit the NFL music? Okay. We can't proceed until Jonathan. There we go. <laughs> oh. All right. We, we, like, contractually cannot proceed. No, we can't. Is that our agreement now? without music. Very talented Jonathan was on the phone with a listener trying to find the NFL feelings music. An octopus. All right. <laughs> That's a very uncomfortable term. Thank you for that, Rami. What? An octopus. You have many tentacles to do many things all at once. It's a compliment. Boy. It's a compliment. You have to be an octopus to be a good producer. I've said this before. Can I hear the 2021 mock draft? Sure, sure. All right. Trevor Lawrence, number one, to the... And, and the the order of the teams is interesting, too, because it's sort of like, ooh, how crappy do they think your team is going to be? Well, they think the Jaguars are going to be really crappy at CBSSports.com, drafting Trevor Lawrence number one. Mm-hmm. They've got the Bengals still crappy, drafting number two. Do you want to do a pick and then I'll do a pick from our dueling mocks, or you want to do yours and then I'll do mine? Well, do you have... What, which mock do you have? I have the Athletic 2021 mock draft. But the draft order might be different. That's what I'm saying. It might be interesting to see how crappy oh, your you. guy thinks they'll be got and how it. crappy my guy thinks okay, they'll be. Okay, give us yeah. the number one overall. Number one is Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> All right, number two for you. Uh, Washington will take Panay Sewell, offensive tackle from Funny. Oregon. CBS has Washington picking third, drafting the same player. Uh, they've got the Bengals drafting second, taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. All right, skip to anywhere. See, my guys here at The Athletic, number three, they don't see the Teddy Bridgewater experiment working out in Carolina. Ooh. They got the Panthers with the third pick, taking quarterback Justin Fields from Ohio State one year after signing Teddy. Okay, mm. I call shenanigans here between mm. either CBS Sports or The Athletic. Because how dare you? CBS how dare Sports, you, sir? How C- dare you question Dan Brugler? CBS Sports has the Panthers not quite as crappy, but drafting fifth and taking quarterback Justin Fields mm. from Ohio State. What's the release time on these two mock drafts? Do you have yours, Rami? Um, let me see here. This was released. No, I don't have a time. Just uh-huh. a date. April 27th. This was put out this morning. Do you have a, a, do you have a date, presses. Phil? This was put out this morning as well. Are you, are you accusing collusion? I don't know. Are you I'm, saying there's been collusion? It seems odd that both of them would have Carolina, who just signed a hero from the Minnesota Vikings. I say hashtag no collusion. Well, you're... <laughs> all right, let's skip to your Bears here at pick 14. Decidedly mediocre, probably finishing like 8-8. That would be the worst thing that could happen. And your Bears are taking Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy with the 14th overall pick. See... They have my Bears finishing at 15 in the athletic draft and taking free safety Javon Holland out of Oregon. Interesting. All right. I'm trying to find... Uh, I've got a Bears question once we're done with this for all right, uh, our colleague. All right. All right. CBSSports.com has the Vikings picking 26th. So making a nice little yeah, run. Yeah. Decent little yeah, season. Playoff team right. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And selecting from Alabama, defensive back Josh Joby. Josh Joby uh, what is he? would add more secondary depth. Is he a corner? Just says defensive back. Safety? I'm going to assume he's a cornerback. I'm going to Google him. Josh Joby? Guys, yes, I love the Vikings pick that Dan Brugler has at 23 for your Minnesota Vikings. I don't know who he is. 
I just like the pick based on the name. <laughs> it's Carlos Boogie Basham, you guys. Wow. Defensive end out of Wake Forest. Boogie Basham. I want to mock. Mock. Ooh. I want to mock. Mock. Ooh. All right, one more. One more interesting development here. I, I, I glossed over this one. With the 18th pick in the first round, according to CBSSports.com's 2021 mock. The Packers are taking a quarterback? Not even close. A, a gopher is going. Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I love going that Going to the Tennessee Titans. The Packers should take Rashad That's Bateman. That's a great That's who Dave Brugler has taking Rashad Bateman as the Green Bay Packers at number 22, ladies Whoa! and gentlemen. That's right. That's right. Wow, so he's got Bateman to the Packers. Mm-hmm. It'll be too little too late. Bateman will be That's catching right passes before from Carlos Boogie Basham goes to your Minnesota Vikings. Amazing. I think Bateman actually might play his way into um, just outside the top 10. Dude, he's he, he's going to be He's incredibly talented. Year. Yes, it's going to be ridiculous. Who does uh who does your guy have winning the Super Bowl, Mackie, with the 32nd pick? Cuz this is this is a roundabout way of predicting who will win the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, you're right. It is. And I can't tell. It, it, it looks like the same matchup as last year. He's got the Chiefs beating the Niners. See, my guy has the Chiefs beating the Ravens. Okay. And Brevin Jordan, tight end out of Miami. Who's the most surprised playoff team from what you can tell on your list? Let's see like here. the highest. Mine is uh, on CBSSports.com. He's got the Buffalo Bills drafting 27th. Is that from a trade? Oh, wow. No. Or does he have the Buffalo Bills? No, just going the deep? Buffalo Bills being good. What's All up, right. Rami? Got the Falcons. Getting the last seed in the East, or I mean in the NFC East. Um, Broncos are making it. Chargers, he's got the Chargers in the playoffs at number 12. Hmm. Mm, don't know about that. The Dolphins are the are, have the 11th pick? Yeah, I mean... Dolphins might be okay. They're probably not, not great, gonna, they shouldn't. They shouldn't play two of this. They season, might be though. okay. Yeah, the the dolphins the dolphins in this mock have Actually, the I'm fourth... I'm looking at this backwards. I'm the sorry. Fourth <laughs> I'm ne- never mind, Good Rami. Wow. Never mind. Rami's Good. like... Yeah, the Jaguars and the and the yeah, Redskins are playing in the Super he's Bowl. He's got the Jets as the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. He's got he does have the Jaguars in the playoffs at seventeen. That would be the last team oh, from the uh, no thanks from the NFC making it. Steelers. Well, but the ja- Titans, Bills. Well, no, but the Jaguars. The, the Jaguars have two <laughs> picks in the first round. Anyways, okay, right. just one thing quick. <laughs> That's true. Is there that is there traded for. is there any more sign of having cashed it in when you're asked to do the day after the draft? A mock draft for the next year. Is there any bigger sign of completely cashing things in than picking the exact two teams that were in the Super Bowl this past season to go back again? Yeah, you got to at least. That is the lazy. Like, just don't even put, do it then. At least put the Ravens at 32 right. or something. That's you fine. Know? But Mix it up a little bit. Really? You're going to pick the Man. same two teams? It's ridiculous. That's what we like to call mailing it in in the business. Yeah. So. Tomorrow, Judd's going to unveil his 2021 mock draft. I can't wait Just the that. order of it, though. Can't Just the wait. order of it. Yep. All yep. Right? yep. I've got the Chiefs and the, yeah. Okay, what, what are the things the NFL should take moving forward from its three-day Zoom draft extravaganza? I need Commissioner Roger Goodell from now on at home. Not standing up, though. Friday night was glorious. In the easy chair, and they, at one point, Slouched, late on Friday, came back. He had fallen chair. asleep. There is no question in my mind he had fallen Raj, asleep. Raj, and you know what I said? like a selfie stick poke him from the side? I would, I would make a case that late Friday, with Roger Goodell in his easy chair, in his home, he has never been more likable. 
Agreed. I agreed. loved it. Totally I agree. Yeah. I didn't laugh and say, oh, you fell asleep. I laughed yeah. and said, he's me for a second. He was kind of nerdy. He was kind of like, you know, he stumbled a few times here Fine. and there. And I it was, loved it. He was human, and he was the most likable. And there was a report that came out that he sent a memo to all 32 NFL teams and said, this might have been just based on, like, everything coming together and how terrible times are in the United States right now and around the world. This might have been one of the most important and impactful things the NFL has ever pulled off in 100-plus years. And you know what? As much as I wanted to see technical glitches and chaos and pandemonium, none of that, and I can't tell you how much credit the people behind the scenes at ESPN deserve for that. To pull off this thing, guys, we talked about all the moving parts of a virtual NFL draft, and with almost certainty that something, and something serious, would go wrong. Like either a team wasn't going to be able to get a pick in on time or, or Roger Good, or Roger Goodell's feed would get messed up. Nothing, nothing really bad happened. And the people behind the scenes at ESPN and Trey Wingo for quarterbacking the whole thing, like standing ovation for them to pull it off as well as they pulled it off. Even though I was rooting for chaos and pandemonium and technical glitches, it didn't happen. And that's, that's because of them. It, it was great. And I, I would say this. It's a great sport, but for the most part, I think the public perception of the National Football League is it's this billion-dollar, ruthless, heartless sport, right? Because for the most part, people aren't important. Mm -hmm. It's the players are, the teams are, but they cut people constantly. And, and, you know, there, there have certainly been times where since Goodell's been in charge, there have been things where he makes decisions, and you're like, that was totally done for PR, not for the right reasons and all of those things and i would argue the league has never looked more human than they yes. did for three days down down to things like belichick's dog mm-hmm. like it's just small stuff but for this league like like i think it was on day two when they cut to belichick's nantucket kitchen right and they show a graphic, Patriots coach Bill Belichick, and there's his dog at the computer. Just stuff like that. They've yes. never looked more human than they did, and they actually had a face put to them in a sport that rarely has a human face. Yes, the it's always been about the shield, right? Yeah. And you know, no player will rise above the shield. The shield continues to forge on ahead, even as its top stars leave the league, right? Peyton Manning can retire, doesn't matter. In the NBA... It's a little bit more player-centric, although it works for them, too. Mm-hmm. If Michael Jordan leaves, they kind of struggle for four or five years. When Kobe Bryant leaves, like it, you definitely feel it. And I think, I think the NFL can still continue to be brand above individual, but to humanize the coaches and the GMs and some of the players who are being drafted and the commissioner, like it was a home run. And not to always like bring baseball into the, into the mud and drag them through, but it's like, why can't... Why can't baseball be the one to innovate like this. And I get that this is forced innovation that the NFL never would have considered if not for the pandemic. And some of it's just like they were the first out of the gate and they had to come up with something in a way to operate from homes. And so it was the timing of it was... There's no reason to ever ever invite draft prospects to the draft again. And ha- it sounds like they're still going to have a green room next I year. I know, because I'm sure there's money to be made in some way, shape, or form by the way that they've done the draft all these years. But I'm telling you, short of, short of the business side of it, as far as just giving me a TV product 
that's entertaining and better than what you've ever done, there is there is no reason, and I've been saying this for years, that the shot in a kid's living room celebrating that moment that he's worked his whole life for with his parents and maybe, you know, in normal times, his his high school coaches or having his friends and loved ones around, that that's such a better moment, so much more real, so much more human than what the NFL normally does of having these guys walk across the stage and hug a guy who they're going to hate within the next year. Yes. There is no reason ever to invite draft prospects to a draft ever again. Send them the kits like you did this year with the cameras and the phones and the whole setup, maybe even you know in normal times when we can have an IT guy go into their house and set it up and make it really look nice and professional. You do that, but there is there is no reason for the NFL to go back to doing the draft the way that they have till now. Zero reason. What can stay? Well, I the things that I want to stay are I love these sometimes uncomfortable and sometimes like even embarrassing like look-ins on general managers and coaches because there's a lot of coaches like there's a moment where Bill O'Brien didn't know he was on camera and so he's like yelling at someone on a, a train fell through with Detroit he got yeah. really mad and stomped away his dogs like what's wrong and that, but and like that's fascinating and in and, and you know tough luck for him like you know you're on camera so don't act like an idiot. Mm-hmm. But I would love to keep GMs and coaches in their little quarantine Zoom basements and atmospheres. Just I want to see Jerry Jones on his yacht. I want to see Bill Belichick in his jungle-themed den or whatever the hell that thing was. I want to see Mike Zimmer with like nine taxidermy heads above him while they pick their fifteenth player. Like I want to see that stuff. But but teams are going to say, well, if our facilities are open, that's where all of our draft boards are. Like that's where all of our technology is. It's a pain in the ass to get it set up this way. It's just easier for everyone to be in the same war room. And so I don't know how we're ever going to be able to capture GMs and coaches in their habitats. But I, I think if you can keep the player aspect intact, that preserves some of it. But wouldn't you guys would you guys rather see a war room shot or Mike Zimmer in oh, his this. taxidermy basement? It's not even close. This, you know? like, for sure. Me too. But how do you convince teams to yeah, do it that way? Can't. It's almost impossible. I think, I think some of the more... First of all, teams that have a younger head office or front office and who are a little bit more progressive in the way that they think probably see advantages in the way that this was done, and, and you'll see that from teams in the future. Some of the more old-school guys, i.e. Mike Zimmer, they're probably going to go back to the way of doing it that they've they've gotten used to doing it. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see some sort of remote element to in, in front offices to the NFL draft in the future of guys doing it from home or, or whatever the case might be. Yeah. Okay, now that you guys have had a few days to wrap your heads around the Green Bay Packers. The Minnesota Vikings were chasing the Packers last year. The Packers with new offensive system, like every new relationship between LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, and maybe looking to take a step forward this year. And they waste, in my mind, their first-round pick on a quarterback that's not going to be ready for two or three years. Like, if you're a Vikings fan, you should be thrilled about this. Now that you guys have had some time to wrap your heads around what the Packers did, how do you feel about it from a Vikings perspective? they got to be thrilled, right? Absolutely thrilled. Here's the thing that I love, too. This is going to cause a rift... Uh, um, acrimonious relationship. This could end Lafleur and R- Rogers, and here's why: when when Aaron fell to, to 24 in 2005, and Ted took him, Ted was new, and Brett was mad at Ted. Now he shouldn't have been, but he was right. But if I'm not mistaken, that was going into what became Mike Sherman's last year as head coach, and so Brett never really blamed Mike. 
So if you're mad at the GM chief executive, who really cares, right? That guy's upstairs. It's really, it can be a bit of a problem, but it's not a major problem. We learned today, Jeremy Fowler, our friend from ESPN, tweeted out that the Green Bay Packers were so intent on getting Jordan Love that they called the Minnesota Vikings for a first-round trade. Mm -hmm. The Minnesota Vikings, they don't deal. I I went back and looked. In 2008, the Vikings and Packers made a third-day draft day deal, which exchanged like fifth- and seventh-round picks, okay? Mm -hmm. But we're talking about the Green Bay Packers were calling everybody, including the team that they supposedly hate the most or is up there, to try and make a trade to get Jordan Love. That trade, you guys know as well as I do, was not mandated by Mark Murphy. It was not mandated by our guy Goody. It was mandated by Matt LaFleur, who clearly has fallen in love with Jordan Love. No pun intended. But Aaron Rodgers is going to see, because he's a surly, cantankerous type of guy, he's going to see right through this. And he's going. he is basically the guy who has been left by his wife now. <laughs> this is going to cause. I'm serious. This is going to cause a rift, and I don't. She's think, not even sneaking around though. She's no. just like he left. Hey, me and Bob are going to go get yeah. lunch. He <laughs> left. He just left. Probably him into the house. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Aaron, yeah, you, mind, you mind if uh, you mind if Frank lives with us for I think the while? most awkward quarantine situation you could possibly <laughs> come up with. Think about this though. Think about this. So so basically, basically from day one, Jordan Love is going to become Maddie Lafleur's project. And Aaron is going to play one or two more years, but the Packers were 13-3. and three. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, as far as I'm concerned, the Green Bay Packers, knowingly or not, have dropped a grenade into Lambeau. Good luck with that. It better be knowingly, by the way. But, like, Judd, and I'm not saying anything that you're saying is wrong about how Aaron Rodgers feels about this, but when we talk about the impact that this could have on 2020. No, they didn't get Aaron Rodgers any more weapons to throw the football to, which was hilarious, by the way. 36 wide receivers I spent a good portion of my weekend on the phone laughing at the Packers to my diehard Packer fan girlfriend. And I had a great time doing it, you guys, all right? And I'll probably do it some more. You drafted a tight end. (laughs) I know. Okay? Nobody should be laughing. My team is is just as laughable, all right? Their 10th tight end on the roster. I know. I get it. Okay? Let me enjoy what I can enjoy. Adopt the Vikings, Rob. But is anybody else at all a little bit worried about what a what a spiteful Aaron Rodgers might be on the football field in 2020? A guy who is fueled by revenge and people doubting him and going out and proving them wrong that now his own team is doubting him and drafted his eventual replacement? What this guy is going to come out and do to show them that you were wrong for drafting my replacement and I still have a lot more football left in me? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit scared of this, of but what this the 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 fire that this might light under Aaron Rodgers. I so I, I it, it's a logical point you're making, but it's not like he hasn't had other forms of motivation the last four or five years, and specifically the last couple of years. I don't think he but, has another level to his game beyond putting better pieces around him, Rami. I and they missed their chance to do that. Like if you had two choices, all right, to get Aaron Rodgers to play better next year, we can either I don't know put a star receiver next to him, or yeah. we can piss him off. Here's let's, the problem: as a guy that. as a guy who was in Wisconsin watching Brett Favre in his last few years with the Green Bay Packers, there was no way I thought he would leave and have the best season of his career with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm done doubting the great ones. 
All right? Nobody thought MJ was going to come back after retiring and win three more championships, three more scoring titles, all the MVPs, all the accolades that now there is a documentary about. Stop doubting the great ones and using reason and logic and saying, well, he doesn't have anybody around him. Okay, plenty of quarterbacks have had less around them and put up better years, i.e. Tom Brady, at a later stage and age of their careers. Don't discount Aaron Rodgers, a spiteful, vengeful Aaron Rodgers, and all the stuff that you pointed out over the last few years that have been done to doubt him or make him want to prove people wrong. None of those, none of those are the slap in the face that his own team going and drafting his replacement is. 36 receivers drafted. You didn't take one. But but here here is the massive flaw. Here is where the Packers have screwed up. They hired LaFleur to smooth things over with Aaron after he had a falling out with McCarthy. And LaFleur has turned out to be a far worse guy to the guy who was supposed to make Aaron happy than McCarthy was. You do not, under any circumstances, one year bring in Matty LaFleur to be, oh, here's your young guy, Aaron, it's going to be great, and then have him turn on the quarterback unless you want to screw things up beyond belief. And look, in three years, this might have worked. But what I'm saying is short-term from a management philosophy, this was right now, just from a people-person type of thing, flat-out stupid. It feels like they're punting on the era. It does. It feels like, like you you don't know how many years of this version of Rodgers. This is not the same version of Rodgers, by the way, that existed like eight years ago. This is a, this is a lesser version of Rodgers, but he's still really, really good and can still lead a team to, to a Super Bowl. And I, I just think in the last two or three years of whatever's left of him, why you wouldn't be all in on trying to, especially with your first and second round picks, trying to find pieces to put around him and in free agency well, looking for pieces to... And what did LaFleur say? Trust me, I'm your guy. You didn't like Mike. I'll be your guy. Yeah. And then the first thing he does is is puts you know one leg in bed with Jordan Love. Yeah. And Rami, like I don't disagree with your premise of, of a motivated, ticked off Aaron Rodgers, just like a motivated, ticked off Brett Favre who feels slighted. Like that's definitely not something that you'd want to deal with. But if my other choice was, why don't we just go get one of the best wide receivers in the first round? And oh, I'm not saying I'm Rogers, not saying like, that this was calculated by them to to piss off Aaron Rodgers and have him come out to prove them wrong. I'm just saying a byproduct, a side effect of this. Sure. That might not be good for Vikings fans or me as a Bears fan is Aaron Rodgers coming out and wanting to prove the Packers wrong for what they did this offseason. He's going to, and and it's going to happen in about 2022 or 23, and it's going to be a major pain for Packers and Bears fans because he is coming. This, calls, this calls for some bonus Packer vent. He's coming to Minnesota. And in the, I mean, just listening to you guys the last twenty minutes or so, I, I you guys are shell shocked. I'm shell shocked. I don't know what is going on right now. Goody, I, you know, I'm I'm I'll I'll start the the, the fire Goody, uh, uh, you know, the, the petition right now if you want to because I don't see where we're going right now. And 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 I guess I'm in a lot of angst, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> go, Pat, go. Amazing. That's uh, hilarious. Regardless, I think all of us can agree that my, it's my, hilarious. My favorite joke of the weekend, this guy's, was uh, when the Packers took a guard, and my girlfriend called me and said, they took another guard. And I said, well, somebody's got to protect Jordan Love. Hey-oh! <laughs> oh, hey! 
Oh. You're on thin, thin ice, Jude. After you, after your Bears took another tight end, you're on very thin ice. By the way, how funny is it that the uh, Packers quarterback room now has A-Rod and J-Lo? That is outstanding. That's Everything good. about this is funny, you guys. Everything about this is funny right now. Another reality show. Hopefully it'll be funny in a few years, but it's definitely funny right now. It is. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them. And Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charters accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.